You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Well, greetings once again from SprottMoney.com. This is your Sprott Money News Weekly Wrap-Up for Friday, December the 9th, 2016. I'm your host, Craig Hemke, and joining us as usual is Eric Sprott. Eric, good morning. Hey, Craig, good to be here. Another sort of interesting week, some good news, some bad news. Uh, making a little progress, but it's been uh, very, uh, very slow. Let's dive right into the, uh, I guess, the elephant in the room, and that is uh, Mother Felon, as we call her, and her uh, FOMC (laughs) meeting next week. Uh, It is just time, just like last year. It was last year in December when they finally got around to giving a rate hike. They promised three or four this year, and now it seems like they're finally going to get around to it next week. What do you think? Well, I think the most interesting part about the rate increase is that rates have already gone up, right? And there's a sort of a theme that the the Federal Reserve is always behind the pace, right? Rates have gone up already. I mean, them saying that they've raised the discount rate by 25 basis points, I mean, the the bond market is already priced in 25 basis point increase, so there's not going to really be any news. And as you know, it's uh, uh, sort of 100% predicted by by bond uh, futures and yields and stuff like that. So it's... uh, it's it's going to be somewhat anticlimactic. I hope it has it does something positive for gold. I think last time it happened, it, the reason gold went is it looked like it was one and done, which of course for the year it was one and done, right? Because mm-hmm. it was exactly twelve twelve months later that we're talking about the second one. So we'll see. I mean, I'm still happen to be a great believer that there's no uh, vitality to the U.S. economy. I thought there was a very interesting article, by the way. Uh, the CEO of Gallup uh, came out and. Um, said that in the last 10 years has been less than one percent growth and all the surveys he does suggest that, that there's there's nothing positive going to happen here so uh, and I, I tend to be of that view and of course the the ceo of dollar general said hey the middle class guy is just suffering the low income guy i guess i should say is just suffering here because of the various issues of health care and rents and things like that so i i can't see the logic in further rate increases other than the Fed trying to prove that somehow they have a handle on things, which I'm I'm sure they don't. So we'll see. Yeah, you know, last Friday was the the employment report. It came out right before we recorded, so we didn't get a chance to really dive into the guts of it. But now, on the yeah. last three months here in the U.S., uh, they talk about all this job growth, but the U.S. has added six hundred and thirty-eight thousand part-time jobs and lost ninety-nine thousand full-time jobs. While people are working more and more jobs just to make ends meet, that doesn't seem like a roaring economy that needs a rate hike. And that's that's the whole problem, right? It's all these part-time jobs that pay way less than a full-time job. Of course, the guy doesn't get the benefits he would otherwise have. Plus, of course, Craig, as you well know, the people that are falling out of the labor force because Mm -hmm. they can't find a job is just incredible. And that's why this unemployment rate seemingly goes down because the people have given up looking for jobs. So, no, the, the data is not strong. As you know, there's this discussion in the world of fake news, how, you know, it's all dressed up by the mainstream media that everything's wonderful. But I think people who are critical of the information realize that things are not wonderful out there, that in fact there's going to be many, many prices to pay here, uh, both economically and sort of future uh, commitments that uh, are not going to be met. What should folks look for next week then, Eric, as, that, as the meeting wraps up on Wednesday and the headlines come out at 2 o'clock Eastern? Are there specifics in that statement that folks should keep an eye on? Well, I think people would look to see, you know, what's the 
discussion of future rate increases. You know, if it looks like it might be one and done or it's all data dependent and the data we know is not likely to be very good, notwithstanding the stock market going crazy here. Um, but if the data is not going to be good, then maybe we won't be seeing any more rate increases. Maybe we get, you know, another uh, six months to run the price of gold up before we have to think about another rate increase. So I think that's it's it's a question of the forward-looking comments here, what further rate increases are coming down the line. Well, also in the news, my friend, is this: uh, we get these drips and drabs out of this uh, pending uh, lawsuit regarding silver and gold price rigging in London. There was another update this week about uh, some of the information that has now come out, come out since or been discovered, if you will, since legal discovery has begun. I would imagine you've got some thoughts on this, Eric. Uh, what would you like to share with everybody? Yeah. Well, of course, the biggest thing is that most of us in the business realized that the price was being manipulated. So it was no surprise to us. Of course, UBS sort of tentatively admitted that something was going on many months ago. But uh, because Deutsche Bank settled and gave up information on the rest of the cartel, if you will, uh, we've seen little snippets of information. I thought the most interesting snippet of information was one of the traders at one of the banks said, gee, silver is so easy to manipulate, you know? Of course it is, because it's a very small market. Yeah. You know, when you only produce $20 billion of silver in, in a year, well, these guys can be selling the twos and fives billions of silver in, in a nanosecond. So it's very, very easy to manipulate. And uh, I'm glad to see that the evidence is there now for people to look at as to exactly what was going on, both in the chat rooms, in the emails, hopefully the phone calls. Um, because it was coordinated and, and they were all in on it. And they, I mean, the money that they cost people, imagine the poor option holders. I mean, I'm never surprised when these option holders, every time options expire, they always expire worthless. Yeah. <laughs> of course, because the traders can just take the price to where everything is worthless. Yep. And they're the guys that have, have um, been selling the options. So it's, it's a horrible thing to have to think about. But from a professional, you know, precious metals investor, I mean, you feel somewhat vindicated, even though you still see these weird things going on in these markets all the time. I would hope that, of course, now we find out that the regulator obviously couldn't see anything, even though it was right in front of them, and, and was explained to them no less. Yeah. Um, uh, so uh, between the regulator and the Department of Justice, I mean, they look totally hopeless. Of course, they are hopeless. Yes. And that's the big problem here. And then what we really need is someone to say, the CFTC to say, okay, we got to do something about this. But when that's going to happen, who knows? So we'll just have to uh, take some comfort in the fact that suggesting it was manipulation was always the correct thing, uh, but it hasn't really helped us much at this point in time. Yeah, you know, one interesting thing from yesterday with those two snippets that folks pulled out of that, those legal documents showing the, the chat room conversations going back and forth in May and June of 2001, uh, most silver investors who've been at this for a while will recall what was going on, or not 2001, but 2011, will recall what was happening in 2011 in the spring and what we call mm -hmm. the, the May Day Massacre. Remember that Sunday night when right. it was hit for $6? Absolutely. I mean, is there, any, Absolutely. is there any doubt in your mind that that was a colluded, manipulated event at this point? Totally. <laughs> it was totally manipulated. And not just manipulated amongst traders, by the way. Like, I think that the cartel, and now I include big commercial banks, have a big influence on what goes on in certain countries, too. For example, in 13, when they were whacking the metals, I mean, it was so obvious that India was complicit in making sure that their citizens, on a temporary basis, 
stopped buying gold. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just they went from 110,000 in May down to 7,000 tons. Sorry, 100 tons in May down to seven tons in November due to all these rule changes and making it difficult for people to import silver. So the governments that were involved too. There's no doubt about it. And of course, the reason they're involved is to protect their paper currencies, which are all valueless. Yeah, um, it will be valueless. To the to the whole story now that we understand, you know, and and people are getting wise to the manipulation and how it's done. What perpetuates the game in large part, though, are these mining companies that continue to use the bullion banks for financing and hedging. What are the chances that some of these rock breakers out there that run these companies uh, will see this and go, you know, we have been getting screwed all along. Let's let's find an alternative. I mean, is is that a way that this could maybe wake up uh, the, some of these these mining yeah. executives? As you know, I'm very much involved in the mining community. I'm on some boards. Uh, most people who are running these companies are either geologists who don't look at things like manipulation and why the price is what where the price is. I don't sense. I sense very little concern amongst the majority of um, mining CEOs. There are some who are outspoken, uh, for sure. Rob McEwen, Keith Newmeyer, uh, gentleman at uh, Agnico, Sean. And, I mean, there's some that you know get it, mm-hmm. but for the most part, most of them don't do anything about it. I know, for example, they don't support GATA, the, the Gold Antitrust Association, and their work trying to reveal all this stuff. So it's been a tough, tough go. And I don't know, you know, people can still have their heads in the sands. Look at the election in the States. Trump gets elected, and all the, the Democrats still don't believe it, and they're fighting it. Yeah. I mean, it's funny, you know, the people who want a certain outcome just keep their heads in the sand. Yeah. So yeah. we'll see where all that goes with the mining executives. One more topic that's in the news that we've been covering and talking almost about almost every week is this looming pension disaster. Uh, the underfunded nature of all these pensions are almost really like a Ponzi scheme in most cases. The latest one that's in the news is in Dallas, Texas, with that one that was threatened almost just to get liquidated. by It was like a run on the bank uh, this week right. uh, over the last couple of weeks, and now they've completely stopped all lump sum withdrawals. Is this a... Uh, I guess a harbinger of things to come, Eric? Well, it's the same old situation. You know, the actuaries know for certain that these plans will never be able to meet their obligations. But for some reason, the trustees, who maybe for the most part are politicians or appointed by politicians, never want to go there. And then, But the money was pouring out so fast. Uh, and there was, a, for example, in Dallas, there was a scheduled payments of $188 million today. And the fund zone is only 750-odd millions. It just had to stop it yeah. because there's a certain minimum you can't go below. But just think of the poor people who stayed in. And as these some people are getting cashed out for 100% of what they're owed, um, then the, the rest of them, you know, it reduces what percent they're, they're going to get in the future. So some people are going to find out that their, their supposed pension is going to have to be cut by, I'm sure, well in excess of 50%. And it's not just the Dallas fire and uh, police officers. It's, it's everywhere. Of course, the biggest scam of all is Social Security, uh-huh. which is totally unfunded. So it's just 
it's something that, you know, we've all chosen to disregard these things. I was happy to see Paul Ryan, by the way, who's interviewed, I think, on 60 Minutes, talk about entitlements. Because somebody's got to deal with this. We have $85 trillion of the present value of entitlements, and nobody's doing anything about it. Yeah. And somebody's got to come down with a hammer and say, hey, guys, you know what? We promise you, you're not going to get uh, which would be very unfortunate. As you know, there's many articles about how our standard of living has been deteriorating since 1970, or the 70s, let's put it that way. And, of course, if all of a sudden you slash entitlements, believe me, our standard of living is going even lower. Yeah. So that, that's yet to come. Yep. And really the only solution is more debt, more money printing as they try to keep these things afloat. Eric, one last Well, I mean, Go ahead. It's, it's, it just dilutes everything, though, right? I mean, you're printing money. You're not really accomplishing anything. And uh, the, the, the mistake made was that you promised somebody a big payment when you had no way of funding it in the initial commitment. And, of course, these assumptions that pension funds are going to grow 7.5% or whatever per year and are all um, – falling short of that. Maybe, maybe this is one of the reasons why they're ramping the stock market up at year end here. Yep. So the pensions can meet some of their obligations. You know, maybe <laughs> on January 1st, they'll take the air right out of it. I mean, the, the rally's been so bizarre. I mean, I don't think anybody really knows why stocks are going up, and it might be, hey, we got to get these these uh, pension funds and insurance companies, banks, making money again, so let's just run it up. And of course, the fastest they run the stock market up, they're losing just as much in the bond market. So... It's really been a zero-sum game. Good point. Lastly, uh, before I let you go, the the metals at least have stabilized here ahead of next week. Silver's actually had a nice uh, run in the last couple of weeks, up maybe eight out of ten days. The miners seem to be stable as well. They seem to be getting bought and accumulated on uh, while the markets are open every day. What do you think as we head into the end of the year? Is, is this a positive sign or does it all sure. kind of hinge on next week? Well, as you've discussed many times in your own site, I mean, the open interest has fallen down here, and the short interest has fallen down to a point where things should reverse. And, it, I mean, we're, we're both going to be sickened by the fact that, you know, essentially the commercials covered 200,000 contracts uh, through this whole episode and made it look easy <laughs> and probably scored billions and billions of dollars out of it, um, you know, for no apparent reason. And I, I, the apparent reason to me was, uh-oh, Trump got elected, we got to stop this thing from going right now. Otherwise, we're going to lose a lot of money. So let's just do it right now. Yeah. The night he got elected. And then let's cover the shorts, and then we'll uh, live to uh, fight another day. Yeah. So that's, that's what I think transpired here, that it was so obvious the gold should go up that they had to take it down to cover the shorts. They couldn't let it, let it start. As I've said before, they never want to give the market a reason why gold is going up. Because then everyone can buy into it, right? The gold's going because Trump got elected. Well, that can bring a lot of buyers in, you know. Mm -hmm. So we just stop it right in its tracks, which is what we've done here. Same with Italy. You know, gold ran a little, then it came right off again. So they they never want people to be able to associate a, a move in gold with something that's going on. It rarely ever happens. We could just keep that list going. Go back to Cyprus. You could go back to Brexit. You could go back to Italy. everything. Yeah, everything. No doubt about lots it. Of things. <laughs> no doubt about it. Well, I tell you what, Eric, it'll be interesting to see where we are by next Friday at this time when we visit. But yeah. for now, uh, I guess we'll sign off and we'll wait till next okay. Friday. Have a great weekend. Okay, you too. All the best. And from everybody here at SprottMoney.com and Sprott Money News, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>